I'll be back. I'm gonna make him an offer again. Cannonball! I'm Batman. What? Oh my god, they killed Kenny! The force is with you. The danger. Please stand clear of the doors. Oh, why do you Avengers! Assemble. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the second ever episode of Pop Culture with the Captain. I am your host, Captain Carlos Montalvo. Last Sunday, WWE had their final pay-per-view of the year, TLC. The show overall is not that memorable, but it has its moments. So for today's episode, I will be talking about the WWE title match, the SmackDown Women's title match, the Women's Tag Team title match with the surprise return, the Universal title match, and whatever the hell what just happened match, which is the inferno match between Randy Orton and The Fiend Bray Wyatt. So let's get to it. To start the episode, I will start off with talking about the WWE title match between AJ Styles and the defending champion Drew McIntyre. This is for the first time so far that AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre face each other in a WWE pay-per-view. The match starts off between AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre as they both have their moments in the match where they both go through ladders, tables, and chairs. As Drew McIntyre tries to climb to the ladder, Miz comes out to attack him. That's when the Miz, out of nowhere, decides to cash in his money the bad contract, thus making the match a triple threat TLC match. Now with all three competitors in the match, Drew McIntyre being the one to reclaim the WWE Champion, thus becoming the defending champion. This match was very predictable. The momentum of Drew McIntyre this year has been undoubtedly a true highlight of 2020. He's been a people champ, a someone that you can root for. I don't have anything negative to say about Drew McIntyre, nor AJ Styles, as AJ Styles perfected being the heel, but in this scenario, it was very predictable that Drew McIntyre was going to win the match. Now, the moment that infuriated me the most is The Miz losing the Money in the Bank contract. I say that because when you look from the year between 2017 to 2020, out of all the Money in the Bank winners in the male division to have won, the only person to cash in that Money in the Bank is freaking Brock Lesnar. You have guys such as Barrett Corbin, Braun Strowman, Otis, and The Miz who won Money in the Bank contract. A match with a rich history of memorable cash-ins such as Edge cashing in on a defenseless John Cena after having a grueling Elimination Chamber match, or the time when Seth Rollins cashes in on WrestleMania. So the whole thing about The Miz winning the Money in the Bank from Otis was because they gave up on Otis and having any potential to become Universal Champion. I was surprised that Otis won that match, but the way that they were going with the direction with the character, I knew for a fact that they're not going to do anything with it. So what did they do? They just give it to the Miz. If you want to talk about a heel wrestler that can master that kind of pure energy where the fans can boo on him and can attract viewers into watching what he has to say or in his matches, I believe the Miz could have been a WWE champion that can basically elevate Drew McIntyre into having that special rival that he needs to have right now. And I say that because the only memorable rivalry of Drew McIntyre is with Randy Orton. His match with Seth Rollins in Money in the Bank was incredible. He had a match with Bobby Lashley in a pretty much forgettable matchup. And then you had a match against Dolph Ziggler. Well, the match that he had with Dolph Ziggler is great, 
great, but the only time that Drew McIntyre's run has been memorable in terms of rivalry type matches is with Randy Orton. And to have Randy Orton now no longer being in the central focus of Drew McIntyre's reign, however, I do believe that Drew McIntyre's next rival, even though it's a long shot, but I will believe that it's going to be great, is with Roman Reigns. Their match at Survivor Series is one of the best highlights of 2020 as the two men demonstrated incredible chemistry between one another as they both basically displayed themselves as the face of both of their respective brands. With Roman Reigns having that kind of heel energy that he always needed to have throughout his whole career, and Drew McIntyre being the babyface hero. Imagine the type of dream matches that these two will have, especially in the oncoming road to WrestleMania. Besides the whole situation with Drew McIntyre, I want to go back with the whole money in the bank thing. I find it incredibly stupid for WWE to decide to not let Miz win, and thus having once again a money in the bank winner where the actual winner of the money in the bank didn't win the world title match. They really need to step up on that because the money in the bank contract is now a joke. Similar to what happened with the Hell in a Cell match last year with Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Who stops a match in Hell in a Cell? But besides Besides that, that's the overall thing that is happening with the money in the bank. They're losing its value. And it is something that WWE needs to step up next year, especially on who's going to be the next guy who's going to held that briefcase and decides to cash it in on the, and become champion, thus becoming a star. I just hope that for 2021, we're going to actually have an actual money in the bank winner where he will cash in that briefcase and becoming a huge star. I'm not going to give predictions on who's going to be the winner. I just hope that whoever wins it at least wins the money in the bank and cashes it in successfully. Now that we have the WWE title match out of the way, I'm going to shift focus to the SmackDown Women's Champion. The match itself was kind of slow, but I kind of like the way that they were going with Carmella as the new heel. As Carmella new gimmick as the untouchable one um, she's doing a great job with it and I love the chemistry between Sasha Banks and her as they especially where they have that moment where they do reversal and pin combinations as well as submissions um, Sasha Banks as a whole has been a great Smackdown Women's Champion she basically trying to elevate the championship even though Bailey reign this year has been one of the credible highlights of this year at least the successor of that title, Sasha Banks, she's holding that title and delivering matches that people will talk about, such as the help, both matches with Bailey and with this match with Carmella, I thought it was a really good match between the two of them. The only thing I wish is they will have a stipulation to fit in with the pay-per-view. Something in the guards such as like a tables match or chairs match. Anything that can be a no disqualification match. So that way both women could demonstrate their athletic ability while also bring a little bit of drama. But besides that, I felt that that match was pretty good and I bet that this rivalry will continue on. Who knows? Maybe Carmella might be Sasha or it's gonna be one challenger for Sasha to conquer and move on to the next challenger who knows and that's fine with me because as long as we have a champion that can still validate that kind of draw in the women's division especially in Smackdown Sasha Banks is doing a great job with it the women's tag team title match I always knew that Charlotte Flair was gonna be the surprise 
It sucks that how Lana is being treated and to have that moment where she was going to have that title match with yeah. tagging with Asuka and facing off against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. At least I thought they were going to give her a moment, but then they give her the injury. And what that's when the whole thing where she's injured and Asuka needs to find a substitute, um, the first thing that pops into my head is, oh, Sharda Flair. The reason I say this is, one, if you guys thought that it was gonna be Kyrie Sane, I wish it was Kyrie Sane, but unfortunately she's retired. And if you're gonna have someone who can basically help you win that title, Sharda Flair could be that, is that woman. The only thing I wish the match would end is that Charlotte Flair attack Asuka. Thus being the heel that she is, establishing her rivalry that she doesn't care about the tag titles, all she wants is the main title, and that is the Raw Women's Champion. And it's perfect storytelling, because the last time we saw Charlotte, she had a women's match with Asuka. Then she went on hiatus for a couple of months, and then she comes back. And I was surprised that they won. Because I actually thought that Charlotte Flair being Charlotte Flair, one of the best, no, not one of the, the best heel female wrestler in the business today, I thought for one moment she was going to betray Asuka, thus establishing that she doesn't need the tag team titles, that the tag team titles is beneath her. She wants the big prize. And it was a moment that I actually thought it was going to happen. But what I what we got is her and Asuka being the SmackDown Women's Champion. The SmackDown Women's Tag Team Champions, my mistake. Sorry, not the SmackDown. The Women's Tag Team Champions. And to be honest, I hope that this reign brings more storytelling between Charlotte and Asuka. Asuka has been a great Raw Women's Champion, but for some reason she hasn't gotten that kind of um, rivalry that can elevate her even more. I mean, she even though she had that rivalry with Bayley and Sasha Banks, besides that, even though it was a bit surprising that Sasha Banks was managed to win the Raw Women's title, but it was predictable that she was going to lose it anyway to Asuka due to the fact that she's a SmackDown wrestler. And Asuka needs to have that kind of female wrestler where, like, Drew McIntyre needs to have that heel villain in his um, reign in order to be that stepping stone to into becoming the hero of the story. And who better to do it than Charlotte Flair? I mean, Charlotte Flair is the master of this. Her rivalry with Becky Lynch, Bayley, even Sasha Banks, she has been the consistent bad guy role in the rivalry. And for that, Asuka needs to be focusing on having a perfect program with Charlotte. Because this, these two women have a lot of history. At one point, Charlotte was the queen of NXT. But when Charlotte went to the main roster, Asuka stepped in. With Asuka being the longest reigning NXT champion. Asuka winning the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. And they have their WrestleMania Classic and there's a lot of history. Maybe it's a possibility that they're gonna have a rematch for WrestleMania, and I'm down for that. But like I said, WWE needs to step up in this program between these two women in order to make great compelling storytelling for potentially either the Royal Rumble or other pay-per-views before WrestleMania. But if this is the case where Charlotte nor Asuka aren't gonna face for WrestleMania, I do predict that possibly that Becky Lynch might come back but due to the fact that she recently gave birth to her daughter, it's gonna be a little while to have the Irish last kicker to come back. So that's how I felt in regards to this tag team match. The only thing that I will miss is Nia, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Maybe they're gonna keep on being tag team, 
but I will say that I hope that Shayna Baszler steps out of the tag team division and challenges for the women's title just as a WrestleMania. I've been a huge fan of Shayna Baszler and her run with NXT, and I just hope that she um, steps out in the tag team division and becomes potentially either a Raw or SmackDown women's champion. I believe that she can be a great draw in, as like the women's champion, even if she's like the heel bully, bullyish type of heel, and she, she will be great for it. So. This match has a lot of implications for the future. I just hope that they WWE knows what they're doing and go on a direction that makes sense for all parties. Now, let's talk about the Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. I'm gonna start off this match by saying that Roman Reigns is killing it as the heel. Man, if you want to talk about a huge comeback, Roman Reigns has been phenomenal ever since his return in August. He has been this unstoppable beast that people, including myself, have been waiting for for years. And now, now that we have this side of Roman Reigns, it's incredible. And I find it incredible the fact that three years ago, that we had Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens but the roles reversed with Kevin Owens being the heel champion and Roman Reigns being the baby face. The only difference here that by that time the Roman Reigns wasn't booked well in a way that people cannot root for the dude. And now, now that we have this in the roles reversed where Kevin Owens is the face and Roman Reigns is the monster heel, I just say that I absolutely enjoyed this match. Kevin Owens made the, his performance in this match made the me and I assume many people into believers. He was that one guy where you can just hope and root to the possibility that he might actually beat Roman Reigns for the title. And he did a great job at it. Kevin Owens has been very, very great, not only in his promo skills, but in his freaking mics, uh, in his matches, in his chemistry. And the thing is that I absolutely love the chemistry between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. They had a credible classic in 2017 Royal Rumble, which is, in my opinion, completely underrated because he is his match has been overshadowed by John Cena and AJ Styles. But that's fine because at the end of the day, that match was still a highlight. I just find it completely underrated. It's amazing how a lot can happen in three years, especially in regards with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has been booked as the kind of character slash wrestler where people have been wanting to see. And he's been doing an incredible job. And in this match, Roman Reigns just demonstrated that kind of heel power that he needed throughout his whole career. And Kevin Owens was a great baby face in this match in a way that you can root for the dude, even though it's kind of predictable that we were gonna have Roman Reigns Reigns still being the defending champion, but Kevin Owens performed an incredible job as the kind of challenger where you can expect the unexpected. And I thought at one point, especially in the final minutes, that he was actually gonna win the title. Up to the point where we had the interference with Jey Uso and also the low blow at the final moments with Roman and finishing up with his new submission hole. And thus, Roman Reigns capturing that title afterwards thus still being the tribal chief and the face of smackdown i say that it's an incredible thing to see 
Kevin Owens, there's going to be a time where I wish he could be Universal Champion, but I just hope that they will give another chance to him. Because he is one of the most underrated performers and one of my personal favorite wrestlers in WWE right now. He could be either a great heel, and so far he's been doing a great job as a face. I believe that Kevin Owens, in the future, maybe in a year or two, could actually win a world title and becoming either a heel or a face. I just hope that when he wins that title, it becomes more memorable compared to his first Universal title run. And I'm not saying that it wasn't terrible. I'm just saying that the fact that even though the title reign was great on him, the fact that he lost to Goldberg, especially after all the matches that he went through with Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and many that could have happened, especially with Chris Jericho or Braun Strowman, I say that he actually needs a proper championship reign where he himself can validate as a great champion and becoming a draw if they give him the opportunity to do so. Roman Reigns has been doing great, 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 great this year. His heel turn has been one of the biggest moments where I had, when the moment he appeared with Paul Heyman on SmackDown, my draw, my jaw dropped into disbelief as they're finally they're giving him the chance to become this monster of a heel that we've been clamoring for years to come ever since the shield broke up and the only reason that it took this while is because they were trying to market Roman Reigns as the next like super baby face I didn't have a problem with Roman Reigns being a baby face and like a successor to John Cena I just hate the way they booked him into becoming that because they felt it for me I felt it was rushed for him to become the next top guy I rather just what I wanted him to just wait it down and let it go and when the time comes seize the moment especially in 2015 and 14 where you had Daniel Bryan who which many people including myself always wanted to be the face but sadly because of his injuries we we never see that come but ever since he came back he's been doing great but the problem is that ever since he's been gone Roman Reigns basically became the new face and in his first years after leaving the shield has its ups has its downs there are moments where you question the booking decisions on the man but at the end of the day he can basically give up uh give out a draw especially in matches for wrestlemania even though there are matches his matches there's only been one memorable in the main event category for roman reigns and that's the trip that's the match with, at wrestlemania 31 with brock lesnar and seth rollins besides that um he could be the the star power that they need but his matches at main events especially with the undertaker brock lesnar and triple h have been in my opinion a little bit of a letdown but i don't blame the guy he tries so desperately and it's not like it's his fault he's doing what he's supposed to do and that is to be a wrestler i just feel bad that well it took us to finally realize that this guy finally has his moment and his moment came this year has validated him as 
this monster heal and it is a great heal for me this felt a little bit more similar to when let's say hulk hogan in 1996 i'm not going to say that it's the it's better than hulk hogan but i say that it's kind of in the same category and if you want to talk about modernly i say that his run right now kind of similar to when daniel bryan won the wwe championship from aj styles and thus becoming the planet's champion and that's the closest thing that i could compare to as a perfect heel turn in wwe this is great for him as he really needed this for him to come back after obviously not being able to compete because of the COVID-19 and being a huge risk due to leukemia but he came back with a vengeance and this match with Kevin Owens is a great match I say that it's been it's the match of the night I'm gonna say it both of the wrestlers did their part there was drama there was action there was suspense there were moments where you thought who, that Kevin Owens was gonna win I just wish that this rivalry will continue on for months but there's going to be a moment where they're going to stop the rivalry so that Roman Reigns can have his freaking dream match with Goldberg, which I don't want. Please don't have that match. I don't want Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. I don't want Goldberg, Goldberg to win a world title again. Just let it be. I don't want him to win. Simple as that. I don't. You can have both of them have a match, but don't put Goldberg the title for crying out loud. That's just so insulting. You have talent that have been working 365 days and you're gonna give it to a 50 year old hall of famer who basically they're, they're the only match he that has been memorable is with brock lesnar come on guys give the title if you're gonna take the title away from roman at least give it to someone that is, can actually elevate the wwe for the future and not for a program at wrestlemania that's all i gotta say i just hope that roman ring continues to have this momentum going until wrestlemania and we'll see how it goes i just and i wish that this rivalry will continue now Let's talk about the main event. Randy Orton and The Fiend Bray Wyatt. How is it possible that for these two, they have great chemistry for storytelling before the matches, but for some reason, the match itself cannot deliver? Now, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt Everybody knows the history. 2016-2017, Randy Orton joins the Wyatt family. He betrays Bray Wyatt in order to get Bray Wyatt's WWE title. He destroys um, Sister Abigail's house, thus becoming one of the pivotal moments where Bray Wyatt becomes the Fiend. And to have that match where these two finally collide after years. How is it that that match ended up being so slow and boring man i mean how is it possible their storytelling is great but their execution in the match is terrible i cannot pick a moment where in this rivalry between the two of them they have at least a four-star classic out of a five like literally how is it possible these two are great storytellers in wrestling randy orton the sadistic vile venomous viper and the fiend bright wyatt this monstrous this character that has become a huge highlight for WWE from last year and to this year and for some reason they didn't even have a great match simple as that and then this is the part that I got super uncomfortable with Randy Orton burns Bray Wyatt he wants the match that's great but he takes his body 
into the ring, pours gasoline, and burns him on live television. I asked myself after that moment, did Randy Orton just committed murder? And if so, why? What? That's how you end? Let's just say that that ending as a whole was incredibly campy and goofy. I kind of understand how the direction they were going with the with the possibility that there's been rumors that Ray Bray Wyatt will introduce a new character, which is going to be like a super feed or something like that. I get it. But man, that ending? I get it. You're going to progress the story, but that's just creepy, man. You basically just mutilated a body on television, especially on a pay-per-view event. Randy Orton, let's just say that Randy Orton did it can be a great heel. No, he, it's not that he can be a great heel. He is a great heel. No doubt about it. So for him to do that with Bray Wyatt, I got creeped out. And the thing is that even though WWE, there are moments where it's scripted and it's not, but at the same time, it just gets you on your nerves. I feel kind of squeamish on that. He's burning an actual person on live TV. That's not like in a movie where you see a murder in a horror movie and you react, oh, at least it's a movie. No, it looks really weird. No, it's not that it's really weird. It's just disturbing to see a man being burned on live television. And I did not expect that ending at all. The only thing that about Mirrorball this match is the ending. Simple as that. You can just, for me, this is the type of match, just like their matches at, Res at WrestleMania and that House of Horrors match, they're skippable. But the only memorable moment is that you can, that final minute where Randy Orton burns a man on live television and thus committing murder. I mean, I just say that this rivalry, it does not end because there's a lot of potential with what they're doing. I just hope that if they're going to continue the story between the two of them, at least can we have a match where they can have like the amount of time necessary to deliver a match that it will be memorable between them because they're great rivals. They just haven't had that one match where people will talk about them. And I just hope that that match will come soon, possibly next year. Who knows? If this, if this is the way for him to not be, for Bray Wyatt to not be on TV and you just ignore the thing like and nothing happened the same way when Barrett Corbin threw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof of the headquarters and does the next day being, oh yeah, we've been saved by a bridge. Then the next episode is like, oh yeah, that's not, that's not the fiend. I mean, that's just the spirit or something like that. I mean, and then he moves on with another rivalry and doesn't end with Randy Orton. I mean, come on guys, at least end it between the two of them. So that way you can have a better conclusion with Bray Wyatt finally having his moment against Randy Orton. Bray Wyatt has a new program, possibly winning the Royal Rumble match with Alexa Bliss be winning the women's match and Randy Orton possibly having his third and final match with Edge. Not for Aider Wrestler to retire, but mostly just for their rivalry in general. I just hope that at least they'll continue this and not leave it blank just like what happened when in the draft when Bray Wyatt got drafted to Raw especially after losing it after seven days against Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns wins it and I thought we were going to have The Fiend versus Roman Reigns but that time will come in another moment but I just hope that it this rivalry doesn't end the way that it ended and that this will continue on for the next year and try to conclude it before Wrestlemania so both of them can focus on different rivalries especially for Randy Orton and Edge. Well, there you have it, guys. This is another exciting episode of Pop Culture with the Captain. I just want to give a special shout out to all my friends and family who have supported me through my first episode. Your feedback and support has been very helpful for me for continuing on. This is Captain Carlos Montalvo signing off.